Welcome into today's Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw. Today, I tell you the one factor that could decide Emmanuel Quickly's future on the team. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. You are locked on this, and this episode is brought to you by Vandal Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Vandal.com slash locked on today to get started. Hey guys, how's it going? You are Locked On Knicks, your favorite daily New York Knicks podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you want to be an everydayer, all you have to do is hit that notifications bell and uh, subscribe on YouTube. And remember to subscribe on your audio platform of choice as well. I'm Gavin Shell, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Uh, rolling solo today, no Alex Wolf with me uh, to talk about Emmanuel Quickly and his future on the team. And this is a subject that is difficult for me to talk about but since he's coming to the league Emmanuel quickly has been my favorite player I think he brings a swagger a showmanship um and just an overall level of talent offensively that elevates this team in a real dramatic way and honestly kind of similar to what we were talking about the other day with Mitchell Robinson um makes him such a core part of their identity and I think Jalen Brunson supplements that to some extent um, to a point that you could maybe afford to lose him and still have some of that. But the sheer swagger, particularly in the bench unit, I thought was a missing piece throughout the playoffs because quickly didn't have it in the first round. And then in the second round, he, he didn't get to play that much or really have a window um, to develop it. And I think that cost this Knicks team. And, and when you really started believing in the Knicks and saying, all right, this team could maybe go all the way to the NBA Finals. Sure, it was partially about the talent at their disposal, but part of it was just the confidence that they exuded. And Emmanuel quickly is, is kind of all that distilled into one human being. And, and that's kind of what makes him essential offensively. Defensively, the guy is a genius. He's absolutely brilliant, um, about as impactful um, as an off-ball defender um, of, of anyone in his height in the NBA and like in recent NBA history that I can remember. Um, and then on the ball, there, there are metrics that have him as one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. Um, so he is really, really, really important for the New York Knicks on that end of the floor. Um, the question I find myself asking when I try to get into the minds of, of Leon Rose, Brock Aller, uh, Gerard Rosas, uh, Worldwide West, and, and all those guys is, uh, can he be uh, a running mate of Jalen Brunson's in a long-term sense? And it's a difficult one because there just isn't really a significant track record of two point guards, six, two um, in the case of Jalen Brunson, probably shorter uh, winning a championship. I, I literally, I went back through the last 15 years. There's not one team that had it. The closest that you get, um, you kind of, you kind of go kind of have to go back to the tail end of that timeline uh, to Jason Kidd on the Dallas Mavericks in 2011 and Dwayne Wade on the Miami heat in 2012 and 2013. Both those guys were listed at six. Four. Um, could quickly and um, Brunson buck that trend? I think there's a good reason to think so. Uh, the main one is that the Knicks were absolutely fantastic 
when those two were on the floor together. In the regular season, they have plus 12.1 net rating when those two played together. That was 90th percentile um, in the NBA. Um, they had an offensive rating of 122.9, which means they scored right around 123 points for every 100 possessions they were on the court. That is 97th percentile, so that is absolutely elite. Uh, top of the NBA offense, that is a mark that would uh, blow away uh, the all-time record for points scored per 100 possessions in a season if you were able to play that line of 48 minutes a game, and they sustained that. Defensively, they gave up 111 points per 100 possessions. That's 87th percentile in the NBA, so very, very good. Um, in the playoffs, uh, you might think that if things got worse because IQ uh, really struggled shooting the ball. You'd be wrong about that. Uh, they were plus 20.5 per 100 possessions when those two were on the court. The offense was in the 87th percentile. The defense was in the 100th percentile. Two major caveats there. Um, defensively, I think it helped, even though Cleveland, obviously, in some respects, is a very explosive offense, that they had a similar matchup with two short guards on the Cavs. Offensively, I think they were hampered. I, in fact, I know they were hampered by Emmanuel Quigley just not shooting the ball very well, not being very confident. Um and maybe that is something you look at and you say, all right, is that kind of a red blinking light that the Knicks should get off Emmanuel quickly at maybe as high as value um, and that he's never going to be good in the playoffs? I personally don't believe that. I think he is a guy with, with the confidence, with the swagger, with the skill level that he has and the work that he puts in is built for the playoffs. I mean, when, when you talk about the playoffs, you would say, all right, what are the shots you're going to be able to get? You're going to be able to get deep threes. We know Emmanuel quickly is really, really good at that. Um, you're going to be able to get mid-range shots. Um, he was not a good mid-range shooter the first two years of his career, 38% from there this season, all the way up to 46% um, on his mid-range jumpers. Um, if, if you can't finish at the rim, that's the type of weakness that in the past would have gotten exposed in the playoffs. No longer a problem for Emmanuel quickly. Um, he still struggles to get there only 17th in terms of the 17th percentile in the volume, or rather 16th percentile, excuse me, in terms of his volume of attempts at the rim, but he's a pretty good shooter when he's there. He's 56% as a rookie, right around 62% his second year, 67% his third season in the league. So in a vacuum, um, not in a vacuum, but um, if you look at his regular season numbers, he pretty much playoff-proofed his game, which makes me think his lack of success came down to nerves. And again, the Knicks were still a massive, massive positive when he was on the floor, because of everything he brings defensively. Um, I don't know if you want to risk losing that, moving off in this offseason. And I think him and Brunson, for this to have a substantial enough sample size um, to know if Emmanuel quickly should be a long-term piece, I kind of think you should start the two of them together and not give Emmanuel quickly the extension this summer or give it to him because if you give him four for 80, it's totally tradable. Like if, if he's amenable to that, but if he's asking for like a crazy amount of money, then run it into the season. Don't preemptively trade the guy unless there's a star available and see what him and Jalen Brunson can do over the course of the season. I think Quentin Grimes is almost made in a lab to play with Jalen Brunson in terms of the type of player he is. And if he becomes more of a one-on-one -on -one creator, there's a world where I'm more comfortable moving off of Emmanuel quickly just because then you have three really good guys and not enough minutes and you have to make a decision. And, and maybe the tie goes to the guy with more height and that's obviously Grimes and more defensive flexibility. And because of his height, because of his strength, that's ultimately Grimes. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I think you have to run it through with Emmanuel quickly and Jalen Brunson because you're talking about guys who were inarguably two of the next three best players last year. 
there's a statistical argument to be made that they were the Knicks' two best players last year, even over Julius Randle. So the idea of preemptively trading Emmanuel quickly for anything less than a hundred, like 120 cents on the dollar, I think is insane. And I'm not saying like, maybe that's a little bit devil's advocate. I don't know if people are necessarily pushing for that, but I think you have to see what this guy can do with another off season because he's a top five percentile worker in the NBA. We know that about him. We know he's going to come back a better player than he was a year ago. And all the data we have right now screams that him and Brunson make up some of the best lineups in all of basketball, regardless of who the surrounding pieces are. So that's something you want to test out. The concern is that you get into a postseason series and there are certain teams that can prey on that. If the Bucs are throwing a Chris Middleton out there as a shooting guard, if the Celtics bring Jalen Brown back and Emmanuel quickly has to guard Jalen Brown over the course of the full series. At the end of the day, if you're going to build your offense around attacking one of the best players, or not one of the best players, one of the best defensive players in the NBA, which at this point, I don't know how you can argue Emmanuel quickly isn't, even if he's giving up three, four inches in a matchup, I'm fine with that. Because I think the worst case scenario there is he performs like an average one-on-one defender and someone like a Jalen Brown gets their own. And you accept that sometimes on a playoff series. Like the stars are going to find a way to get to 30 points. You just want it to be as inefficient as possible. And I think Emmanuel quickly is good enough that despite his lack of height, he can pull that off because offensively, you're not going to have any issues particularly. And I think this was the big difference with quickly this year that made it possible for him and Brunson to be so successful playing together. That quickly is a much improved spot up shooter. He went from right around 30% a year ago to 38% this season. Um, if that sustains, I think those two can play together long-term. And again, if the Knicks get the right big wing, and keep Mitchell Robinson as a defensive anchor and, and Mitch keep playing at the level that he's shown um, last season. I think you can sustain defensively with those two. And I don't think anyone should have any question about what those two guys can do offensively, particularly with another summer of improvements for Emmanuel quickly. Um, but in a world where Emmanuel quickly comes to the Knicks and says, Hey guys, at the end of the day, I think I am a starting point guard in this league. And I want to go somewhere where I can be a starting point guard. Where would he actually go? Uh, we'll tell you that next. Um, but first, I want to talk about our good friends um, over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions to apply. All right. Um, so who else would want Emmanuel quickly, right? Because I I also want to look out for IQ, the human being. And if, if he doesn't want to be here, even if the Knicks give him the right amount of money, you're running into a really ugly scenario where, where you get something like what happened with Donovan Mitchell in Utah or what happened, uh, what is going to happen potentially with Jalen Brown in Boston where a guy gets his bag and then, and then he wants out. And I don't know. I think Emmanuel quickly 
wants to be a Nick. I think he loves playing in New York. I think he's a showman and he knows there's no greater stage for him to be that showman than at the garden. But if it's Jalen Brunson's show, where's he going to go? And obviously look like it's insane to make this analogy, but it's kind of like Kevin Durant realizing at a certain point in golden state. All right. I there's no matter what I do, this is always going to be Stephen Curry's town. And, and it's, it's weird to say that because this is the reverse of the scenario where IQ is here first, but I'm not sure I see a scenario and maybe, maybe because Emmanuel quickly at the same age is better than Jalen Brunson was at the same age. So maybe there's a world where quickly 26 and we're talking about him as like a surefire second team, all NBA guy. And Brunson is just a notch below that. Um, but I don't really see that happening. And maybe Emmanuel quickly ultimately doesn't see that happening for himself, but I guess the question I'm asking for Emmanuel quickly is like, how realistic is that perception? And I think with who he is as a person, as a player, he's not going to rest until he tries to be the number one guy. Or at least I think that's a plausible scenario. But what are the teams that are going to give him that opportunity? We can, we can run through it right now. Milwaukee, he would absolutely be a starter there, but he's not going to be the number one guy over Drew Holiday for at least a few seasons from now. Boston, he should be the number one guy if they theoretically went after him, but I don't know. They, they love Marcus smart and they already play him over a guy who's maybe better than him in Derek white at his best. Um, so that's an open question. Philly. Uh, yeah. If they lose hard and he'd be the number one guy there. Oh, actually, no, I guess you have Tyrese Maxey. So that's kind of an open question. Pretty similar to Jalen Brunson. Um, not in terms of his talent, but in terms of what the scenario would be where, where those two would be kind of co-leads of the offense, Cleveland, no way. Uh, Brooklyn, yeah, that would. I don't even want to entertain that scenario, though. That would suck. Um, Atlanta, no. Miami, yes. Um, that's a possibility that I never, ever really want to think about in depth. Um, but I also don't know what the trade would be there, unless that's just them trying to max them out on an offer sheet two years down the road. I don't know what kind of money they'd have for that. He would, uh, gr- gr- grudging, grudging acknowledgement here, he would be a fantastic fit with hashtag heat culture. Um, uh, I'm going to go throw up. All right. Uh, Chicago. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They could really use someone like him. Um, but again, like even if you're the point guard, you're still like, you're not getting the shots at the end of the game. Is Zach Levine there? Most of the time, Indiana, that's Halliburton show. Washington, same deal with Beal. Orlando. Yeah, he would be, he would be it perfect 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 fit in Orlando and maybe I, I I've never really run this out there but maybe there's a world where there's an Emmanuel quickly for Franz Wagner deal that could be kind of fascinating depending on who Orlando if Orlando wants to take another wing with pick six that's pretty interesting uh Charlotte running mate with Lamelo, Detroit running with Ivy and Cade Denver no Memphis no Sacramento no Phoenix yeah but there's no trade there. Um, and and they, it, I know it's been reported they're interested. Great. Send us Devin Booker. Not going to happen. Not going to be a trade. Uh, the Clippers, yes. But again, there's no offer there as a free agent. And they're willing to spend a billion dollars. Gets a little different with the new tax apron. But theoretically, sure. Uh, Golden State, no. LA, yeah, maybe. Especially if LeBron decides he's retiring this season or after next season. Um, there's a world where there's like an Emmanuel quickly, Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis thing. That's pretty intriguing. 
Again, there's not really a deal to be had there necessarily, unless it was some kind of sign and trade with Reeves coming to New York and quickly going to LA, which is interesting. I would rather quickly just because he's, he's a far better defensive player, but it's a pretty compelling deal for both sides. If Emmanuel quickly again, stated his interest to no longer be on the Knicks uh, T wolves, just no deal there. And Anthony Edwards is the number one guy. Okay. See, no new Orleans. Now they've seen Jim McCollum, but maybe, in, maybe when he's a free agent, McCollum age is out there. Dallas. I'm not going to even acknowledge that. Utah, sure, he could be. Portland, no. Rockets, why would he want to go there? But I guess Spurs, yeah, and they would pay him a ton of money. So it's really, it's more so teams near the bottom of the NBA with the exception of the LA teams and maybe, maybe, maybe the Miami Heat. So there's a, there's a couple of landing spots in a world where Emmanuel quickly is really, really committed to finding another team where he can be the number one guy. But I go through that exercise to emphasize that it's not like he would go anywhere else in the league and be the dude. And in a world where you do start him in Jalen Brunson, I don't think it's crazy to say that those two could be your backcourt for the next decade. And, and sure, that, that that creates some other questions, right? Like, are you eventually going to move off of a, off of a Quinn Grimes? Are you going to move off of an R.J. Bear to go super small, playing quickly Grimes and, and Brunson together. Um, maybe, maybe. I don't really see the sustainability of that lineup. Um, and I, I think ultimately, like, one of those three guys, not not Brunson, I think one of quickly or Grimes is going to get dealt eventually. It's just a matter of which one it is. And right now, even though, even though Grimes is such a good fit with Jalen Brunson, almost a perfect fit with Jalen Brunson, quickly is just a better player to a point that it over it it, it overrides that um i want to kind of have a concluding thought on on how the knicks can wrap this up um but first 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 we got to tell you about our friends over at fanduel sportsbook make a fast break to fanduel during the nba playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand dollars it's two thousand five hundred oh sorry two thousand five hundred dollars wow i'm underselling it back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win um i think my first bet would come tonight and you'll know in the morning if i'm wrong um on the nba finals i'm predicting the denver nuggets to close out the series i know i know it's like a minus nine line um i think this is where things finally cave in for miami i think they keep it really close for a half and then denver separates they can sense it. They're going to pull it off. They've closed out every series since the Timberwolves won. Um, when they've had an opportunity to, I think Denver gets it done. And there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. You can visit Fandle.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. It's Fandle.com slash locked on. Fandle, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so what's my prediction? How do things ultimately conclude with Emmanuel quickly? I think the Knicks... If we follow the pattern since Leon Rose took over, they are very high on their own supply. They never, ever, ever seem to sell low on their own assets. Um, and I think because of that, I would be pretty surprised if they don't find an extension with Emmanuel quickly this year. I think the only way they don't is if Emmanuel quickly reads the writing on the wall and says, hey, it's not even about playing time or about how many shots I get. 
it is that I ultimately want to be a starting point guard specifically in this league. And I see big market teams that are going to be willing to let me do it. And in that world, the Knicks say, all right, let's figure this out. Let's get a great trade for you. And I think in that scenario, Emmanuel quickly would be gone. I think the other scenario where Emmanuel quickly would be gone before the season is if you have that Joel Embiid, Jalen Brown type of deal, and he needs to be the headliner in that kind of package. And while that would break my heart, the whole reason you you're the whole reason you ho- were hoping for Emmanuel quickly to have the kind of season that he did have is one, so he could hopefully be a long-term fit on the team. Two, if not, he's not the third guy in the package like he would have been last year. And I say third guy in quotes because the number one guy in the package for Donovan Mitchell would have been picks. The number two guy would have been R.J. Barrett. The number three guy might have even been Quentin Grimes um, after summer league last year. Um, but whether you have him three or four, the point is Emmanuel quickly was by no means the headliner of that trade. He's good enough now that he can be the defining piece or at worst the co-defining piece Um, for an all-NBA type of talent. And that is a massive, massive compliment to Emmanuel quickly. And in your worst-case scenario, there's a world where that is exactly what happens. Um, And that's not the end of the world because the Knicks get what they've been pining for for years, which is a true blue superstar. But I'm going to finish up talking about a theme I talked about in that Mitchell Robinson episode, right? If you're the Knicks, you you are working with an active Jenga stack here. How do you um, stay alive? in the championship hunt, in fact, improve your position in the championship hunt to keep winning without the whole tower crumbling. And you can move pieces and you're like, all right, I guess, I guess this is where the Jenga analogy falls apart because you're putting a piece back in. All right, we might even have a better piece, but with that better piece on, on paper is the sustainability of the tower compromise, is the structural integrity, I should say, of the tower compromise. And I think Emmanuel quickly might be that type of piece, more so because of what he does defensively then offensively, um, and I think the ultimate test of just how integral he is, we'll be starting him all year, playing him 35 minutes a game, and seeing if everything we saw from him last year as the best six man in the NBA, that's right, the best six man in the NBA, screw you, Greg Anthony and co, um, holds up. And uh, we'll find out this season. But until that point, <laughs> we'll be back with plenty more content. I'll talk to you soon on Locked on Knicks. 